Welcome to the Franklin Podcast. In this episode, I spoke with Isaac Gleitz, news reporter, about how his love for storytelling began and what he hopes to continue with his work. Isaac has previously covered world issues in his opinions column, but as a news writer, he tends to focus more on local issues and their effect on the campus. We are currently back in the studio and seeking future guests for our bi-weekly episodes. If you are interested, please email me so we can discuss this over Zoom. Thank you in advance and enjoy the episode. Hi, this is Ari for The Franklin, and I'm here with Isaac Gleitz, and we're back in the studio today. just wanted to announce um, it's a nice return to form, getting back and actually being able to sit with Isaac here and talk to him in person rather over Zoom. Um, yeah, just super happy to be back in the studio, and I just think that's going to be a lot better for us. So, um, Isaac, how are you today? What's up? I, I'm doing pretty well. I agree with you about the uh, in-person conversations. It can be kind of tedious and annoying just hearing people over the phone, over Zoom. Like, I want, you know, actual sound waves, like, moving around the air. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Right. Um, definitely. It just feels a lot more, you know, personal. Um, it's just more comfortable, I feel like, sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll just start by just tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what do you do for the Franklin specifically? Okay, so uh, for the Franklin, I started out as an opinion columnist. Basically, my the tagline or the title of my column that would be in each issue was Global Spotlight. So it would be kind of like random pinpoints around the globe of what was going on there. And the most challenging part was trying to find a way to tie that or connect that to Franklin College in any way, Yeah. which in some ways, in some instances, I lucked out and was able to do that. Other cases, it was a bit of a stretch. But so I covered topics like the uh, refugees coming to the United States from Yemen, um, fleeing combat, um, a topic like uh, migration in China from one part of the country to another, where I talked to um, Dr. Tong, a professor from China, and just kind of seemingly random topics, but I found a lot of interest in them. So Yeah, and there was always kind of that way, just on whatever scale, because I remembered like working with you on some of those and being like, well, we know someone in the community whose family could be you know, related to the story, or like you said, Dr. Tong, who is from China, it's a very reliable source for just topics. I guess just trying to, it helps to be able to bring a big global topic like that down to the local scale and just really see just more of the diversity in the area too. I think that's just a really cool aspect of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, there, For one article, it was about Catalonian separatists in Spain mm -hmm. and um, very much lucked out on that one. One of my teammates on my soccer team, a senior last year, he was like, oh, yeah, by the way, my uh, my dad's from that region of Spain, and he's, like, a big independence guy, so uh, why don't you hit him up? And I was like, huh, never <laughs> would have expected that at Franklin College. But anyway, found myself in his um, suburban household in Greenwood <laughs> talking about growing up near the coast of uh, Spain. So, you know, you just never really know what people what – people what other people, who they might know or what they might have to offer. So yeah. that's one of my takeaways from that. 
Yeah, for sure. Small world. And, you know, you don't find out some of those stories until you actually get down to talking to people about them. Yeah. And beyond that, um, that was my freshman year. Now I'm just more covering like news. I've had a lot of campus incidents like last last spring uh, before we got sent home for COVID. There was a student who um, was recorded saying some We ended up calling it, referring to it as a hate speech video. He Mm -hmm. said he referred to some minority groups in an unfavorable manner, um, kind of espoused his um, hatred of these certain groups. And so I ended up writing an article kind of covering that event and gauging the FC community's reaction to that. And then more recently, there was an anti-Semitic a group that posted some flyers around campus trying to recruit some students. So Alexa Shrake and I covered that to the best of our abilities. So that's kind of my more, those are my more recent beats. Yeah, just more talking about like, hey, this is an issue on campus that is just, you know, it's hateful, it's it's bigoted, it's just ignorant and disrespectful, and it's good to shine a light on that and just basically show people that it's it's important obviously that we look out for other people on campus like without a doubt I feel like just sometimes people especially I could see with the the whole hate speech thing with people just being like oh he's just being funny like he's just being silly you know even though that's pretty serious yeah um so I guess kind of on a lighter note for that um how did you get started as a journalist what really got you interested in that kind of storytelling All right, so I'll go ahead and take us back to my childhood. Um, I was, so my mom actually went into labor or started that process while uh, she was helping her her other kids show pigs at a county fair. So that kind of shows the environment I'm from. Uh, That was in Corden, Indiana that I was born, and I spent my whole childhood there. Um, The two numbers that my mom, Mom, or the figures she always liked to bring up, were we lived in an old house. She would say, you know, you're the seventh generation living in this house. Um, so, you know, we need to, you know, keep, keep this tradition going. Mm-hmm. So she was big into history, keep that house, keep that old house from the 1800s, keep it, keep it in the family. And then also we had 92 acres. So if I was cramping her space, she liked to say, <laughs> you have... You have the entirety of 92 acres to play on, and you have to be right right next to me. Um, in that area, I would go swimming and kayaking in Blue River. So you kind of get the picture, very yeah. rural environment, uh, cattle farmers. Uh, my brothers were big into hunting. And I was at the same school all the way through kindergarten uh, through the 12th grade. So growing up in that environment, being a Journalists seemed kind of out of place, but once I got started into it, I realized that, I don't know if I would say it's my calling, but I would say, wow, I can get a lot, like this has a lot to offer me. I can get a lot of out out of this. And so the reason I really came to Franklin, firstly, was I had four older siblings who who all came here to this college, so I had come up here before, so I knew about it. And then also just the journalism department here had a pretty good reputation. So I was like, well, I think this is where I need to be. And on my campus visit, I asked the director of journalism, John Kroll, I was like, 
in this building sure call i'm like are there people staying here into the late hours of the night like are there people working around the clock to make yeah. this stuff happen and he's like there are some that are and there are some that aren't i would say the ones that are those are the people i could tell you they might have a future in this career and so i looked at him and i was like i want to be one of those people so i'm still working towards that goal of yeah. like trying to push myself to do more even though it's not it's easier not to mm -hmm. in terms of journalism but anyway yeah that's how I ended up here on the school newspaper nice and yeah you know like you said and like what John said it's very inclusive it takes up a lot of your time and your dedication you have to be really really involved in it and really just excited about it I feel like you have to be excited to do those investigations and tell those stories and basically just show people what it is that's so important. That's always what I've really liked about it. Um, so I guess just kind of jumping off from that, what would you say is your favorite aspect of news writing or storytelling? So in news writing or storytelling broadly, I would say my favorite part of it is like, first of all, listening to people's stories but then also giving them a platform to tell the story that they otherwise wouldn't have mm -hmm. and also trying to find a way to work that into a larger narrative, which is the most challenging part, but also the most rewarding part, like trying to figure out how does this one person's story fit into this whole network of other people's lives? If one person is affected by this issue, obviously... There are dozens of people that I know or that they know people that have been affected by it. So that's been one of my large takeaways. Nice. Um, so you've written a decent handful of stories in just the time that you've been here. Uh, but what would you say are some of your favorites that you've done? Okay. Um, I guess I could call this um, journalism story times. <laughs> These are some, <laughs> some of my most memorable um, occurrences, um, things I think about sometimes when I'm about to go to sleep. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, there was the hate speech video. That was, that was kind of intense at times. There was that constant pressure like, you know, I really have someone's reputation in the balance here because I'm saying, basically saying, hey, everyone, look at this um, awful thing this kid did drawing a lot of attention to him. So, like, just, like, keeping sane in that scenario. And there was one instance where he where he and his girlfriend were both saying, you know, why are you doing this? Like, this is very stressful for our lives. It would be a lot better if, for us if you just dropped it. And just the strength to be like, yes, I know it would be better for you, but there are people that need to hear this. Like, there are people that this is meaningful for and... Sometimes you just have to keep the the audience at large in mind. Mm -hmm. There was another morning I woke up covering politics with the statehousefile.com. Um, that's written for uh, journalism students here, write for it. And I wake up to an email from uh, former editor Janet Williams, and it's basically like, hey, um, there was a gun incident at the statehouse. Um, this was an email like, 8.50 in the morning or something. Mm -hmm. So I just wake up. It's the first thing I see. Someone brought a gun into the state house or something like that. I need you to cover this. Start calling people ASAP. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. I knew from the beginning that was going to be a stressful day. 
And it turned out that it was a Capitol Police officer that had put his arm on the gun but didn't actually pull it out. But he did this directed at a senator. Um, it was Senator Eddie Melton, and he uh, was an, he's an African-American man. Mm-hmm. And so many people pointed to the implications there. I couldn't actually get Senator Melton on the phone, but I talked to several people that were there and saw it happen. So, you know, that's just a story I'll... I'll treasure for a while now, just like trying to figure out how to cover that. And then finally, also with the political coverage, I've had very human interest stories like human trafficking, which is like selling people basically Mm -hmm. and opiate addiction. And then most recently um, it was about teen suicide in the state. So I talked to the father of this kid who killed himself last year. And obviously that's, a very troubling and powerful thing to hear to just have that intimate connection with someone, even though it was over the cell phone. It's just like in moments like those, I realize like, Hey, there's, there's a good reason for me to be doing this. Like there's, there's, this has deep emotion in it. Like this is worth pursuing. Definitely. Um, so what would you say are like, You've still got, you know, a little more ways to go as a journalist here at the Franklin and as a student, but what are some goals that you're like hoping to, you know, you're kind of reaching out for over time? Okay. Um, I can go ahead and pair some goals um, with some lessons I learned. I've learned so far because basically what I've learned so far, my main goal is to improve on my goal is to improve on the advice I've been given. So I've learned that I need to be patient when trying to reach people, but also persistent. Right. Like I've kind of come to terms with the fact that I need to be annoying. And Yeah, it's like um, that gray area kind of like, I'm not trying to blow up your phone, but at the same time, it'd be nice if I could hear back from you. Like, yeah. I've definitely been in that position. I think anyone, obviously, on the newspaper can vouch for that. Yeah. I'd say one of my biggest lessons that um, I need to continue developing this skill is like just like look at myself in the mirror or and just think you don't really always need to know what you're getting into. Like sometimes just like go for it, start calling people, see what they have to say. You don't always like, especially as a journalist, you don't always have to have a script beforehand. It's just like you just start diving into the issue yeah. and see what you find. Yeah, you just go in and just like you said, just dive in and see what you find. Just you might not know or you might not even have an opinion formed until you start talking to people. Yeah. And that can make or break how you feel about the topic or it can, how it's presented. It can influence like the whole direction of your article. Definitely. The first person you talk to might totally redirect the course of what you're writing mm-hmm. so. or like get you to see another pers- like side of the story yeah I just always found that really interesting just about how much more you can find out besides just information when you interview people yeah. just figuring out their perspective yeah and like like you just mentioned the perspective I would say my final lesson is like in life of course but also as a journalist like I need to just treat people as people like I'm having a conversation with them. I'm not, like, trying to extract what they know. Like, I'm not a CIA operative, right. I, pr- I promise. You know, yeah, I'm it's just... It's not an interrogation. It's just like, <laughs> hey, talk to me. Let me see what I can learn from you and try to do that in the least selfish way possible and, like, be like, 
I'm a human reaching out to you. You're a human. You're not doing me a favor. We're just having a conversation. So that's kind of something I've been working on. Yeah, and that's a really good way of putting it because I think also it's kind of a two-way street with being the interview and in, like being the interviewee and being like, oh God, this guy's going to come interview me. Like, I don't know what to do. It's going to be like a whole big thing. And then it's just, it's a conversation. It's yeah. really just a conversation at the end of the day. You have to kind of bridge that gap with the person you're speaking to and just be like, hey, we're just going to talk about this. I'll ask you questions just like a conversation. Yeah. People see it as a huge, big thing. And it is kind of intimidating at first, not only when you have to start you know, as a freshman, when you have to start doing all that kind of stuff and you're just like, I don't know where to start. And then as someone who maybe has never been interviewed before and they're like, I don't know, like, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know. I just think people have more interesting stories than what they let on sometimes. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think being a journalist has helped me understand the position I'm currently in. Like, being the interviewee because like I, I I'm pretty sure like if I haven't if I wouldn't have been calling people to interview them you know day after day for the past couple months that my voice would probably be trembling right now but like yeah given given the work and internship I've been doing I just kind of understand like let's just talk to each other I'm not you know trying to be threatening or be threatened by anyone yeah it gets to a point where it's very just natural it's just let's just sit down and I'll have questions for you and you might have questions for me like that's usually yeah I (laughs) I totally agree but also even as a junior who's been doing this kind of stuff since high school I still have this bit of like hesitation sometimes I'm just like oh this is and then I sit down and I talk with someone and nothing bad happens ever yeah (laughs) Um, so I'm going to kind of throw you a curveball here and give you a hypothetical question. So I know that you like to travel and I know that you like to talk about world issues. So if you could travel anywhere in the world and write about what's going on, where would it be and why? And this could be like time periods too, if you really wanted to get crazy with it. Hmm. Okay. Um, with this curveball, I'll take a second and slowly approach the plate. <laughs> of course. Um, time and um let's see here i i would say so i once told my older brother um i only like barely knew what the term meant but i was like hey dustin i want to be a muckraker and he's like okay so you want to uncover um the problematic things that people in corporations businesses do i'm like yeah, I think that sounds like fun. So I'd probably um, go ahead and hurl myself back to the uh, Industrial Revolution, especially like in Britain where um, working conditions sucked and living conditions as well for the average people and they're sleeping on top of each other and yeah. just squalid conditions. And I'd really just be covering like, hey, rest of the world, do you see this? Like, do you see what happens when you uh, let people have complete control over people's lives? Uh, So, yeah, I think that's where I'd send myself. I think that would be really interesting. And also just looking at it in the, like, giant timeline of history, that's kind of where it all just 
well, we have machines now. What's next? Like, everything is just going to go kind of downhill from there. I mean, but that's just kind of where it started. And because people didn't really know how to operate that stuff on a an ethical, you know, more human focused, everyone was just trained like a machine. And so I could totally see wanting to, like, I can kind of see it in my head now, just this this story, like, blowing the cover on this whole situation that happened, you know, forever ago. Yep. Um, so kind of to wrap this up, what kind of advice would you give for someone who's getting into writing either news or opinion pieces? You can go either way with that since you've done both. Okay, so... I guess I can take the approach of, like, say someone who's getting ready to graduate high school, um, heading to college, um, thinking, oh, I'm going to do journalism. Um, as, as I was leaving high school thinking that, like, I'm going to be a journalist, even though I didn't know exactly what that meant. Yeah. Um, I would say um, don't, don't be too intimidated by the fact that the industry is crumbling before our eyes. Because, yeah, it's kind of off-putting, like, newspapers closing left and right, but I think, at least I and I think most of us, we just kind of have to have faith and know that people want to hear about things, it's just the mediums by which they do that are changing, so have enough faith to um, not panic and say, yeah, I'm still going to do this, even when you have people distrusting us like crazy, like saying we're enemies, we're the enemies of the people. When you have people saying like, I shouldn't say that, but I've, I've had people, I've had people, you know, just tell me like, I, I hate journalists. Like that's the problem with this country. And of course, (laughs) that's not true. As a person, (laughs) I want to be like, but, 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 but as a journalist, I have to be like, okay. Um, Tell me why you feel that way, and let's have a conversation about it. Like, start the investigation on that. Yeah. So, basically, what I would say is keep calm and write those articles, kiddos. That's that's really good. That's really just a good note to to end on, keep people thinking about. Um, Isaac, thank you so much for taking the time to be able to come in and chat with me. It was really nice, and I learned a lot. Thank you. I appreciate, (laughs) appreciate it. All right. Bye. See you. Intro music is How It Begins, copyright Kevin McLeod. You can find more of his music at incompetech.com. For more of The Franklin, check us out at thefranklinnews.com on social media or find us on newsstands all over campus. Thank you for listening.